This is the Six Sports Talk with Brett Black and Jane Jones talking everything Toronto sports in what has been a very busy week for Toronto sports. This week we talk about the CFL and the XFL merger or not merger or just a partnership. Everyone's kind of guessing exactly what it could be. We'll talk about that coming up in a second as well as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Raptors and the Voyagers Cup figuring out what exactly is going on. Now an important programming note that it's been such a busy week. We'll be doing a part two of this podcast tomorrow night. It should be released breaking down the Toronto Blue Jays as well as some of the other crazy stories that have happened recently in Toronto. Uh, overall just a great week if you are a six sports fan. But first we're gonna get to it. It is the CFL and XFL and what exactly is going on with the two leagues. Are they merging? Are they not merging? What we know, what we think is going on. We'll tell you about that next. This is the Six Sports Talk. Okay Jaden, so we have been talking about the Toronto Argonauts, the Canadian Football League for months now, really trying to show our interest in it and doing something a lot of other broadcasters, well, mainstream broadcasters aren't doing and talking about the CFL. And for a while, we've been just kind of making up topics, kind of throwing out whatever, just trying to find things to talk about. And then out of nowhere today, just before we started the podcast, a bombshell by the CFL looking at options to partnership with the XFL Basically, from what I've seen so far is that they don't have a confirmed partnership. They're just exploring options. There's a lot of connections between the new head office of the XFL and the CFL. And uh, two leagues that are looking to start off on the right foot post-pandemic after suffering huge losses because of it. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think even of the partnership? Because like, just out of everything I was expecting to hear involving the CFL, it was not this. No, it's crazy because we, it was just at a drop of a dime kind of thing. It was very unexpected and I'm very curious as to to where it's going to go. The CFL is in trouble. We know that we've heard everything. They haven't uh, been coming up with the papers needed. They've haven't put any kind of proposed plan on, on when return to play is comparable and I think that they are in desperate need and, and they turn to a football league that really hasn't ever caught its footing with Vince McMahon and the XFL. It is, a, it, is a, it is a very interesting partnership, I will say that. But I think that the two leagues will be able to come together at some point maybe and create a new league. Uh, what it's going to be called, I don't know. Maybe uh, it'll be called the XCFL. Who knows? Um I'm very curious, though. I, I was very shocked by this news and, and very, very much intrigued. So we we actually we did talk about this a little bit before with the CFL changing from the Canadian Football League to I think it was the Continental Football League and seeing them expand to teams down in the States. Now, of course, this was all rumors. You can't really predict that it, this could happen. Um, obviously, like when I was going through things on Reddit and through different like Articles, I saw how expansion could be the savior for the CFL, but you would see a lot of changes, especially if they had to go back into the U.S. Now, the XFL is interesting because uh, I think uh, Vince McMahon, who uh, is the chairman for WWE, um, he sold it to, I think it's uh, Dwayne Johnson and two other business partners, and they've been figuring out how they can get the XFL back onto the uh, the gridian or whatever you want to call it. And thank you. Um, 
<laughs> and, you know, for the most part, they're, they're trying to figure out a way to stand out. We know that there's been other smaller football leagues in the States that have tried to succeed, but they really haven't. And really the only other long-running American football league anywhere else in the world is the Canadian Football League. So maybe bringing that brand down the States again under a better brand, better management could definitely work than what we saw way back in the early 90s. But to what the partnership could be, if it would just have to do with players being able to play with both the XFL and then the CFL because of the timing of the two seasons, or if they're going to join together and compete for the Grey Cup that way and see three downs come to American soil. I don't know. that like It's really it, – all you can do is speculate. I've seen Andrew Harris. He said that he wouldn't mind. Uh, he thinks that the league is going to join up. Um, other analysts for the CFL and XFL, they say that they could imagine having some sort of uh, – uh, joining of the two leagues so that they play each other. But really they said until we officially know what's going on and there's something in paper and an official announcement, all we can do is just kind of sit and wait. But uh, nonetheless, it's very exciting. Exactly. Exactly. All we can do right now is sit and wait and see how quickly the CFL can put this together. Because if they can somehow make a deal with the XFL within I would say a month, a month and a half, then I would be very suspicious to think that this was their plan all along. Because if they didn't have the proper papers or they didn't put together a proposal to to the league or to uh, the provincial and federal authorities to for a return to play, and they can somehow quickly make a deal with the XFL and have all these things in place within a month and a month and a half, then it, there, there's something definitely fishy going on. And I'll be very curious as to how long a deal could potentially take and, um, and what the different, what the different aspects of the deal will be. I think that they should be looking at playing more into the CFL game more than the XFL. If they do, create a merger just because I think that there was more fans of the CFL than there was the XFL. And it will piss a lot of people off if they, they somehow go to this new age of football and, and doing all these silly gimmicks and, and, and that sort of thing. I think that they should be sticking to, to more traditional football with the three downs and, um, and that sort of thing. So it, it'll be very interesting to see. We're, we're definitely going to keep a close eye on this story. I completely agree. And as from what I understand anyway, from trying to read more into it, the XFL has postponed any relaunch until 2022 when everyone's expected to be vaccinated, borders are opening up again. So we're still what, about a year, a year and a half away from actually knowing if anything will happen. But I do imagine that it would allow not only for the CFL to kind of grow its roots and also stay afloat and kind of move into the next era of its football. But it would still also, the one thing I like about this is that you would also see the smaller franchises being able to survive. So Hamilton, uh, as well as uh, Saskatchewan. Um, I think this is actually a good way too of making sure they don't get lost in the shuffle and being able to maybe compete with, with some of these bigger cities and keeping a franchise. I don't know. But it's just, it's a, a great way to keep CFL football at least 
alive for for the foreseeable future depending on what exactly happens obviously again we can't really say what's going to happen we're only speculating right now because again they haven't officially announced anything but still exciting news in the world of the canadian football league and football just in general coming up in a second we're going to be talking raptors ball all right jane so raptors ball uh not a lot to talk about the raptors really didn't play this week it was all-star break um, do you want to, we can talk a little bit about the all-star game. Um, pretty much it was a, a cool way they did it, a condensed version of it, having the uh, skills comp and the three point before the game and then the dunk competition at halftime. I thought that was a cool way of doing it, especially with trying to keep uh, everyone safe with COVID and all that. Obviously there's still some fear that because of the all-star break and seeing that Embiid and Simmons got sick from the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, some fear about about that, but overall, I think the weekend went pretty good for the NBA. Oh yeah, it was a huge success, and 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 much much respect and much love to the NBA and the NBA PA to to being able to put put this on. It was a uh, it was a very interesting night because we've never seen anything like it. We've never had all the events in one single night, and and I gotta say that the All Star Game did not disappoint, even though. We all knew that Team LeBron was going to beat the brakes off of Team Durant just because Durant was missing some guys, and, and obviously their captain, KD, was not playing. But also the dunk competition. I mean, I think it was good to get some young blood in there and to, um, and to kind of get their name out there to the fans and, and really show people what they can do because some of these young guys can jump through the roof, and they, they have some really cool ideas too. So some of the dunks that I saw went very under the radar, like Cassius Stanley's first dunk went, went under the radar, and, and I was also a big fan of Obi Toppin's first dunk. So overall, the weekend was a huge success. Uh, much much love, much respect to the NBA, the NBA PA, and, and the players, and, and everyone who attended. It seemed like it was, it was a great event. It was very well put on, and uh, yeah, it was, it was just a, a very fun event to watch. Okay, you made me put this in the – it was in the back of my mind, but it was brought forward. But uh, the Cassius kid from uh, Indiana, he had probably one of the best dunks that I've ever – like, easily his first dunk in the competition should have been a 50, no doubt about it. He made it look effortless. And then what what did he get, a 46? That basically cost him the competition, like really threw him off his game. I, I'm not going to lie. I was actually – I was really pissed off when I saw that. Because I thought, like, uh, um, the kid that won, he was pretty good. He had some hops, no doubt. But, yeah, I mean, never mind. I don't want to get into it because I was I was actually yelling at my TV when I saw that. I know it's for fun, but I, I was pretty pissed at that. I, I'm just – I, I got to stop talking about it. So, Grayson Allen, uh, Memphis Grizzlies guard, um, one of the most hated players in college basketball history – tweeted after the game saying that Cassius Stanley was robbed on his first dunk because what he did and what a lot of people didn't notice is that after he threw it up and it bounced, he brought it between the leg that he jumped off of, which for those who don't play basketball or those who are unfamiliar with the art of dunking, it is extremely hard to do. You have to have very quick hands and, and athletic legs as well. Um, and strength to bring that ball underneath your, your leaping off leg. So 
it was very interesting to to see someone notice that and and personally i didn't notice that that either until uh, it was pointed out by him so i thought that was really cool cash stanley I, I was i was rooting for obi toppin to win just because i've seen his come up i've seen so many of his training videos how hard he, he puts in the work and and i'm just a very big fan of his but i think all three kids did an amazing job and and really put on for their cities overall i think it was uh it was really good uh, of course, Steph, he proved why he's one of the goats of the game uh, just with the three-point competition. Not to mention, by the way, one of the things I loved, and this will be my final thought for the All-Star game, but just at the end of uh, the first half there, or I might have been the first quarter, where it's him and Dame just like doing a shoot-off from half court, seeing who can get the most threes before they buzzer. That, I thought I love that. Okay, that you can't have Dame and Steph on the same team. <laughs> That's literally not very Two of the three best guards in the game on the same team shooting from half court, which to put it in perspective, for those of you that go to colleges in colleges or universities in Ontario, that's like them shooting from the opposite three-point line. Just to put it into a, a little bit of, of perspective of, of how far that shot is. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it was uh, it was just insane. Uh, anyway, we'll talk a little bit of Raptors because there is some news around the franchise as we're heading into the second part of the season. Uh, I think the number one being uh, well, we'll talk about a little bit of uh, trade rumors. So it looks like anything involving Lowry has uh, has died down in aspects with uh, with Cleveland as well as Miami. Uh, and Phoenix, not too much coming out of the ways there. It might just be on pause because it was the All-Star break. But an interesting story came out is that apparently the Clippers are very interested in having Lowry come over and play for them and uh, seeing some sort of trade set up. But it would be more, again, the, the, they didn't really get the basis of the trade or what exactly we would see. But it would just be the Clippers looking to have another uh, piece to their already solid roster over there in L.A. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to shut that down a little bit right now, actually, because Lowry's agent and, and maybe even the organization of the Toronto Raptors came out today and said that they will not be trading Lowry before the deadline. So they came out with that today, which was a very big sigh of relief for, for me being a Lowry's fan, and, and I'm sure the rest of the, uh, the fans of the franchise, so... He's not going anywhere, it looks like, until maybe after the break or, or, or sorry, like near the end of the season. He's going to be a Toronto Raptor for, for the rest of this year. Then, then after this, we, we don't know. But for right now, he's not going to get traded before the deadline. I'm pretty sure, and I'm just going off the top of my head right now, but I think, I think Lowry does have a player or it's a team option. So I could see him maybe coming back for next year. Um, but I think that one is a little bit up in the air. Uh, I didn't actually see that. I just saw the reports that the Clippers were interested. Uh, obviously, because of the way that the Raptors played early on in the season and knowing Lowry's age and that, you know, kind of seeing the way that that NHL teams handle trades where if they know that they're not a playoff team or they're not that good, then they start to trade away some of their veterans for a chance to go and win a championship somewhere else just to kind of add on to their legacy a little bit. But uh, not not it's not it's not somewhere it's L.A. 
True. The city of LA has stolen so many players from us. You got Marcus All, Serge Ibaka, Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green. You have all these players that have just left to go play in LA. Which, I mean, I don't really blame them because closer to home for them, uh, it's, it's in their uh, a country that they're, they're more familiar with and the, the weather's a lot nicer. But, I mean, LA has really screwed us these past couple of years. Oh, no doubt. But, um, yeah, where was I going with that? I can, anyway. Um, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, 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 it's okay. No, but that that's true. But, like, if you look at – it's kind of like everybody that has ever been in the NBA, it's always been uh, New York Knicks or L.A. Lakers. Not so much the Knicks recently, especially with – well, given their history over the last couple of seasons not being that good. And even I think KD showed that by wanting to go play in Brooklyn more than he wanted to in uh, New York, New York. But yeah, no, if you're a ball player, the kind of the goal is you want to be in LA because that's where the money is. That's where a lot of agents are based. That's kind of where, you know, you can kind of grow your brand a little bit more outside of uh, than what it already is. Because like, for example, if uh, you're Dame in Portland, everyone knows how great like Dame is. But unless you're like a very, I would say more than just a casual fan of the NBA, you're not really paying attention to the Portland Trailblazers worldwide as much as you are probably like the LA Lakers or even the Boston Celtics. Right, and I think that just might be the personality of the, the players on the team. Dame is not a very loud, outspoken kind of guy. He's, he quietly goes about his business and drops the occasional 50-point game here and there. But he is still one of the best players in the world, and you can't tell me there's one player in the NBA that wouldn't want to go play with Damon Portland. Uh, it would be hard to find anyone that doesn't other than they want to go and get an easy chip with LeBron. But uh, we'll save that argument for another time. Uh, looking ahead into the Raptors schedule, um, they play tomorrow in Atlanta, but they're still missing five players. Uh, some of which are starting rotation players and are just a solid mixture uh, due to COVID protocol. I don't think I'm not reading too much into the COVID protocol because I think they only really have one or two games where they're still shorthanded and then uh, they're back to a full roster. I, I really don't see this impacting people too much. I, it's just more the concern about like how if there was a breakout during the All-Star game, we won't know about it for another two weeks. And I think that's got people more on edge. Yeah. And, Something that we haven't mentioned yet is that the 905 finished up their season today. Uh, congratulations to them. They played, I believe it was 17 games in 28 days. So not a lot of turnaround time, playing a lot of back-to-back. So shout out to them. And, and the Raptors actually just called up Henry Ellenson, which is a power forward on the team, I believe. So big man that can shoot threes, can really stretch the floor and give the Raptors some much-needed toughness uh, at the four spot. So... I'm looking forward to tomorrow to tomorrow's game. It's been it's been too long, obviously, with the All Star break. But uh, I miss watching the Raptors play, and and hopefully we're we're gearing up for a playoff push here. Man, it's like it, it it's like a weird kind of drug. Like you go without the Raptors for like a week, and you're just it's like you're I'm craving more. Like I don't know, it's weird. I I don't know what to say about it. Um. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> the Raptors schedule for uh, the next little bit. Uh, tomorrow they are against the Hawks. Then they'll on Saturday take on the Hornets at seven. 
Bulls on Sunday, and then they'll do the Detroit Pistons next Wednesday. Um, still some talks about when exactly they'll be able to uh, get in that postponed game against Detroit. I imagine soon, or I, they're just going to wait until the end of the season. I'm not really sure on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't really heard anything yet either. Um, postponing games sucks, though. It must be so tough on, on the players and, um, and, and also the league, too. It's. I feel like it's that not knowing part, and um, oh, also, uh, we, I should throw this out there before we move on to uh, uh, to talking some puck. But they also announced how the uh, play-in tournament is going to work for the playoffs, where uh, in each conference, seven through uh, ten will play each other, and it will decide who gets the final seventh and eighth spot. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of it. I don't see why they needed to put in the play-in rule. That kind of worked, like when they were bringing everything back, but for a regular season and having a full season, like we, we are, um, I, I don't really see the point in it. Yeah. Honestly, I haven't, I haven't been able to read up on that. I didn't see that they announced that. So I will definitely read up on that. And we'll, we'll talk about it more next episode. Oh, for sure. There's going to be more info uh, coming out on it. Uh, currently the Raptors sit 17 and 19 and sit eighth in the Eastern conference. Coming up in just a second, we'll talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto Six, and Austin Matthews' mustache. Time for some Six Sports Talk Puck. And the only reason why I wanted to talk about Austin Matthews' mustache is because I like Austin Matthews' mustache. And the fact that he's number one in the league for scoring. And kind of you know what the last couple of games i'll admit i didn't get a chance to watch because they're playing out west and having to be up for four o'clock in the morning it's hard to reason with yourself to stay up until midnight or just after to watch some of the games but they're on a three-game losing streak i know some people are starting to freak out a little bit but in reality this is kind of just the nhl season and i feel like every time we we try to focus on something like this they just bounce right back and they'll be good to go probably uh next game against the jets yeah a very a very weird game against the jets i i'd caught bits and pieces of it but the bits and pieces that i caught didn't really impress me that much because it just looked at like the the jets were just overpowering overcoming them and just kind of coming at them in waves if if that makes any sense every time the leafs would would sneak back in the game the jets would would bounce right back with a goal and i just don't think that the Leafs had their all in that game. I mean, from what I've seen, I and I feel like we're, we're still going back to the fact that because we're playing the same seven teams over and over again, I, I feel like the players must be getting bored knowing that, like, you know what, we're first in the division. We've shown that we're kind of better than the other teams that here. I think Winnipeg is starting to come alive. I still have them finishing first in the North Division just because I think the roster is too deep. But I, I feel like Toronto, they just they kind of need this a little bit, almost as a good kick in the ass just to be like, hey, just because you're top dogs right now doesn't mean there's not like four or five other teams in this division that can come back at any time and take your spot. And knowing the history of the Maple Leafs, it's almost like this unwritten curse that, you know, when it comes time for playoffs or that latter half in the season, they just they're just bound to fail. Exactly, exactly. And they, they can't take these next few games off against these very 
good, good teams that are that are on the rise. The Jets, they got two more games against the Jets that they need to take at least one of them. And then they go into Ottawa, Ottawa, which they've had trouble with so far this season. So they need to, they really need to get it together. Sheldon Keefe really needs to, to, to rally the boys, rally the boys up and, and try and get a, a huge dub here because the schedule is not going to get easier as teams start getting more comfortable and um, they start finding their footing. They, it start coming back from injuries. It's it's going to get a lot tougher. And in these teams that are at the bottom of this northern division, it's they're they're coming. I mean, you have the Flames and the Senators. Senators with a with a very young core that can still put the puck in the back of the net. And the Flames just got a new head coach and and Daryl Sutter. That who knows what's going to happen to them, but they can easily skyrocket into the into the third or fourth place from from uh, sixth year. I think, like, even if I'm looking at the roster right now and I'm looking at, like, who they're coming up against, if I'm playing a team like Winnipeg, there's a very solid chance that you're going to be playing them in the playoffs. And I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it every single podcast, but the mission of this season, it doesn't matter how you do in the regular season. I do not care. You could go, like, completely – you could win every single game this season – it won't mean a thing. It's all about the playoffs. So when you see teams like Winnipeg that get, I know Winnipeg can, if it came down to like a five game series, I, I put my money on Winnipeg. Cause I just, I don't see this Leaf squad proving to me that they're ready for a, a playoff matchup against some of like, I don't know. I just, there's something about this team that's just kept me back from really getting onto the hype train this year. And, and like, They've, they've done everything they needed to. They went out. They got the right pieces. Their depth is incredible. And even Kyle Dubas has said, like, we're looking to add more this year to our depth, especially in the forwards. But I just – there's just something about this team and knowing the playoff record that it just – it makes me so hard to get into it. And even we have, like that, – that's saying something because Austin Matthews right now, he's, like, what, first or second in points. He's first in scoring easily one of the best players in the league. And you put him alongside like Mitch Marner, John Tavares, uh, Kerfoot's been playing pretty good this year. Uh, Mikheyev is starting to find his, uh, his groove again. Even uh, Jason Spezza, the, the ageless wonder he's come back to life and, and their defensive squad has been perfect, but it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, I think I had to the playoffs and I instantly just, I, I step back and I'm like, man, I can't get into this until I know they're ready for the playoffs. And I just feel like they're not yet. Well, some good news coming out of Leafs camp is that Wayne Simmons was back on the ice two, two days ago with goalie Jack Campbell as they're both um, injured right now, but, but working their way back. So we're hoping that Wayne Simmons can get back out on uh, to the ice with the Leafs soon and, and really bring some, uh, some energy and, and some spark on that third, third and fourth line, like he did uh, right before he got injured, I'm I'm really looking forward to having him back with the squad. Uh, look ahead into the least next couple of games. They have two home games against the Jets before taking uh, the road to go play Ottawa on Sunday. Get four days off, and then they'll be going out west again to take on the Calgary Flames. Coming up in just a second, we'll talk a little bit about the Voyagers Cup and the drama that is seemingly starting to come to the surface. We'll talk about that coming up in a minute. Some time for some six kicks uh, with uh, Forge FC and Toronto FC. We've talked about it now for pretty much the past month about when we will actually see the Voyager's Cup final and 
exactly who will go on to represent Canada in the CONCACAF Champions League. So uh, basically it came out that I guess Forge FC, they have been trying to get permission from both the provincial and federal government to start training. And for whatever reason, they've actually not been granted anything from the uh, Ontario government to uh, to begin training anywhere um, in Hamilton or even in any of the green zones currently. Uh, because I guess soccer isn't recognized as uh, important sport or it's not recognized as like a, a, a easy way of trying to uh, to separate players. And I don't know, it looks the way that it was described and kind of the feedback we heard didn't look good, especially that we've seen permission for NHL, AHL and now junior teams across Canada to practice. And then on the other side, it turns out Toronto FC, they've been busy setting up a home stadium down in Orlando, Florida, uh, Exploria Stadium, where they will be spending at least the first half of the MLS season. And while they've been training, apparently half the squad now has COVID-19. So from one point on Forge FC side, they have they don't have any permission to be training and they really have found it hard to set a date because they don't know when or where to go train. As well, uh, Toronto FC is has players out with COVID, so uh, just an absolute uh mess right now for for Canadian soccer. Well, at least for uh, Toronto and GTA soccer fans. And I feel so bad for them because for the government to not grant Forge FC the permission to train, especially with all these other hockey leagues, like you mentioned, getting back up and running and playing games, like. You have Junior B, Junior C hockey being able to play games and practice and stuff like that, and Forge FC can't get guys into their training facilities or, or get them back on the pitch. I mean, it's just silly. And, and, I, and I also feel for the, the Toronto FC who are down in Orlando right now and half of them catching COVID. I mean, it's just like it's, it's just a, like you said, it's a mess right now. I hope that things will kind of smooth themselves out. I hope that the government will grant Forge FC's wish of, of being able to start training because these guys need to stay in shape. And the only way they do that is staying on the pitch and staying not necessarily game ready, but, but, you know, staying, staying loose, staying active and, and being able to, to kick the ball around and stuff like that. So, I mean, like you said, it's a mess. It's a, it's an absolute, absolute show. It's, the, uh, I don't like how the Canadian government is handling this. Uh, yeah, and I think it's the fact that there's like different mixed signals between the federal and provincial government about what exactly is allowed and whatnot. I think I think they pretty much agreed that there can be some sort of cup final uh, taking place down in Florida. Hamilton would obviously, or uh, Fort Jeff C would obviously need to travel down. They've been busy signing players, getting ready to go on the CONCACAF Champions League run. I actually do think they could beat Toronto FC and go on and uh, represent, at least be the Canadian representative to go on. And uh, very excited for them because he also brought back uh, a name that if you follow the Canadian Premier League, Tristan Borges, uh, they got him back on loan. And if you don't know who he is, all you need to know is that basically the entire first season of the CBL, uh, was just, if it's gorgeous, it must be gorgeous. He was the top Canadian goal scorer, <laughs> and it was just, he's, he's an absolute delight to watch. But uh, right now, if you're a GTA soccer fan and you've been waiting for the Voyager's Cup final, 
There's no date set. And as of right now, I feel like we're going to see Forge FC forfeit and Toronto FC just because will most likely go on to represent Canada. And uh, right now, that's that's just the way it is because uh, of COVID. And, you know, it sucks, but, I mean, what can you do? Doesn't suck for me. I'm a TFC fan, so I'll take any win. Win's <laughs> a win, man. All right. All right. That's straight facts. Uh, we got one minute left in the podcast. Jaden's going to answer some rapid-fire questions. That's coming up in- next. All right. It is the last minute of the podcast where I'm going to ask Jaden some rapid-fire questions. And uh, just getting myself ready here with a cold one. You know what? Wednesdays are my Friday and Saturday nights. So it is what it is, folks, if you're listening to this. Hey, happy hump day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, so, Jane, I'm going to ask you some rapid-fire questions about sports from around, uh, well, from around Toronto and maybe even beyond. Um, Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. So one thing we didn't talk on when we were talking puck is the Toronto Six and the National Women's Hockey League have announced their plan to return for the final playoff games March 26th and 27th, I believe, in Boston. No schedule has been released yet. We know that obviously when they tried to do the season about a month ago, it kind of all fell apart after uh, COVID became uh, pretty much wiped out two teams and there was real fear of other players being infected. Uh, you excited or how do you think this is going to go for them? I'm excited. I've been keeping up with their social media team and, and seeing how they're doing. I think they're already in Boston. They traveled down the other day, so they're there. I'm excited to, to see them bring home the, the cup in their, in their inaugural season. So Michaela Grant Mentees leading the way for, for the Toronto Six and also uh, uh, the Belleville girl Megan Quinn, uh, strong defenseman and, and can put the puck in the back of the net. So cheering both of them on and, and cheering on the whole team and, and really hoping that we can see a, a championship be brought to Toronto. The Canadian Football League and the XFL have announced a potential partnership in exploring opportunities with both leagues. There's been no confirmation exactly what this will mean, but Jaden, to you, what do you imagine can come out of this? It's, there's going to be drama. That's all, that's all I'm going to say on it. There's going to be drama if, if it involves um, Vince McMahon or or The Rock, or a, a partnership of this size will, will not go down quietly. If the CFL and XFL do merge, do you think three downs would work down in the United States? Yes. I think that they will learn to love the three-down system. More strategy involves. After the NBA All-Star Game, the Elam finish, basically having a targeted score to finish off basketball games has become very popular. We saw the CEBL do it last year or the Canadian Elite Basketball League during their summer series. Uh, to mixed reactions, personally, I wasn't a fan of it, but that's uh, that's a side note. They've announced their schedule for the upcoming 2021 season. Everybody seems ready to go, but there's been no confirmation if they plan to continue with the Elam finish Personally, do you think they should continue doing a full season with that or just keep it a regular timed clock, fourth quarter, just when time's done, time's done? Yeah, I think they should just keep it um, the traditional way, uh, timed quarters, fourth quarter, third quarter, second quarter, first quarter, and only use the Elam finish like the NBA did, which was during the All-Star game or or maybe even um, exhibition games. Mess around with it in exhibition games, who knows? 
There was some questions around the Toronto Blue Jays and where exactly they'll play their home games. For right now, they've agreed that they'll start their season down in Florida and play out of Dunedin. There's been some questions about if they will return to Canada, and it seems less and less likely that they might be able to return to Toronto, at least for this season. Jaden, do you see the Toronto Blue Jays being at the Rogers Centre, or are they just going to be the Dunedin Jays for the foreseeable future? They will be the Dunedin Jays for the foreseeable future because the Canadian government and Ontario government have been dragging their feet on these vaccines. We need them out. We need them out now if we want any kind of professional sport being played here in Toronto with fans being let in to see them play. And final question for the last minute of the podcast. But a lot of leagues have taken a very hard financial hit on all levels, both the amateur sports, professional sports, you name it. And one of the quickest ways for leagues to make money is through expansion. Now, there's been a lot of Canadian markets like Montreal and Vancouver talked about for the NBA, NFL, and even the MLB. But do you think with this COVID situation and how things have worked out with the international border that this maybe halts the brakes on owners wanting to look at going outside the United States to expand for any league, including the NHL or any major league for that matter? No, I don't think so. I think money is money. And, and if an owner with a lot of it wants to have his or her way, then they're going to get it. Money talks and pandemic or not, um, things are still moving. Business is still being done and, and deals are still being made. Well said. Uh, we'll finish it off there for today. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, before we get to the socials, Jaden, you still have Toronto for Change coming up. Uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? And uh, we're, Well, I guess right now you're about two weeks away from it. Yes, two weeks away. And we're actually doing a giveaway this week from now until next Wednesday night at 11.59 p.m. Buy a ticket and your name will automatically be entered into a draw to win a $50 Amazon gift card. It's a great deal. Tickets are only $20. Come support ahead of the game. During our event, we're going to be having a self-defense class and a panel discussion with some amazing people from the sports industry. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Come on out, support ahead of the game with Jonathan Hood, and buy a ticket this week for your chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card. And you can basically find yourself on uh, Toronto for Change on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, as well as torontoforchange.com, correct? Yep. Yep. Everything Toronto for Change, uh, whichever platform you, you like, or you can get in touch with me. Uh, you can follow me on my socials at uh, on Twitter at Jaden G. Jones and on Instagram at underscore Jaden G. Jones. So any questions, anything about Toronto for Change, hit me up or... Like, uh, like you just said, follow us on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Red Black, And be sure to give us a follow on our podcast Twitter, which is at Six Sports Talk. There we keep you up to date with the podcast, everything Toronto sports, as well as live tweeting some games and uh, so much more. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.